0: Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Preacher Podcast, where faith and geek culture collide. I'm John, your resident Geeky Preacher. So without further ado, let's get into today's show. And welcome back. I'm really excited to bring this first episode to you guys. This is, podcast has been on my heart for so long that uh, I wanted to make sure that it was going to be a good first intro topic to what you can expect from this channel. And I prayed about it, sought God for a while, and I settled in on the topic of Dungeons and Dragons. Like, a lot of you are probably sitting there thinking, Dungeons and Dragons? Isn't the church kind of opposed to that? And, yeah, there was a thing back in the 80s called the Satanic Panic. And a lot of churches considered it taboo. It was teaching kids witchcraft and leading them into Satanism and all these other lovely, lovely things that were blown out of proportion. I will say D&D has been phenomenal outreach for me personally in our home game, as well as a few other games I've been involved in. There are churches in my area that are now using it as an outreach tool. And we're seeing a lot of uh, good, productive ministry come out of D&D games, which is something that, you know, years ago, they would have laughed out of most sanctuaries. But that's where we're at right now. Um, So in this podcast, I'm going to try to show you how D&D can relate to the church, at least on this first episode. Maybe some more later I might bring in some of my players to guest on the show. We'll see. I don't know. I just kind of roll with it. If you guys have any suggestions, please feel free to let me know. Be Either via message or uh, email, whatever. But Comment. Feel free. <laughs> um, but let's get into today's show. So I wanted to start with the basics first. So when you start playing Dungeons & Dragons, the first thing you do is make your character. You give them a name, uh, a race class and that's actually what i'm going to talk about right now because the different classes have different abilities as you play the game and much like those classes we have different makeup and different functions in the body first corinthians 12 goes into this a little bit in verse 14 says yes the body is made of different parts not just one if the foot says i'm not part of the body because i'm not a hand that does not make it any less a part of the body and if the ear says i'm not part of the body because i'm not an eye would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Now that's confusing to some people, but I kind of want to explain that. So in d the idea behind the party is that you have different members that do different things that uh, contribute to the party as a whole. For example, you have your clerics, which can act as healers, casters, or upfront warriors if you need to. You have your fighters who take the front and center in combat. You have bards, which provide um, buff, buffers or other uh, advantages to the party and also act as music musicians. <laughs> I, I like bards personally. There are so many different things that the party does that forms a cohesive whole. And if you were to have a party of let's just say fighters, if you got to a enemy that knew magic, you would have a hard time fighting. Or if you got had a party of just wizards, you would have no one to handle the upfront fighting, and because of that the party would be weaker as a whole. So it's that that diversity that really makes up um the core of the party. You have to have diverse abilities, diverse power, diverse everything really. I mean, it's the different people coming together to achieve a goal that makes the game so beautiful. And much like with that in the church, if we have one group of people that are just focused on one aspect of ministry or one form of outreach or one form of worship or praise, then the church as a whole suffers. We have to be willing to diversify and reach out and play to our strengths. For example, I'm known as the Geeky Preacher. Hello. So my emphasis is obviously into geek culture, into video games, stream on Twitch, uh, all things like that. You put me in a NASCAR stand, I'm going to be lost. But I love the fact that there are people in my church that can tell you the ins and outs of NASCAR because they can go into those types of situations and those types of places and be a light for Christ while there. Whereas my ministry is more focused in geek culture, heavy metal, stuff like that. And it really takes all types within the body. And if we would all complain and say, well, we we all can't do what you do. That's kind of the point. We have to be willing to diversify and reach out into places that otherwise we can't our backgrounds and who we are. Make up, um, much like in D and D our backgrounds and, Experiences in life make up who our character truly is. And it's this diversity that I believe helps shape us into who we're called to be. Now, I believe your classes are the ministry callings that you have on your life. There is no one-to-one translation of these. So I'm not going to sit here and say all clerics are pastors. All bards are, you know, nothing like that. But I do believe that just like in Dungeons and Dragons, there are callings of ministry that equal your real life class. For example, there are apostles, prophets, teachers, preachers, worship leaders, youth pastors, ministry of helps that make sure the church runs smoothly. If any one of these are complaining and sulking and saying, man, I wish I was this instead of what I am, the church is going to suffer as a whole. So if you have a pastor that's complaining because he can't be a worship leader then the church is going to suffer. If you have a worship leader that's sullen and sulky and not giving it their all because they want to be an evangelist instead, then the church is going to suffer as a whole. God gave you unique gifts and abilities to function and reach the help reach the world for Christ. And it's in these using these abilities that he is most glorified. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. That's all well and good that these exist, but how do I know what calling is mine? How do I know where I fit into the body? And I wish there was an easy way to say there's one answer. I wish it could be like, well, you're this tall. You look like this. You're going to be a pastor. You're, you look like this. You seem like you're a decent singer. You can join the worship team. But that's not how it works. See, God puts that calling in you, that fire in you. And you just have to seek after him and listen to his voice, listen to his spirit lead you. And that's where you're going to find your calling in your ministry. Now, your background can sometimes shape how that presents and how that manifests. You see, in 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, there is a feature called backgrounds, which you give your character whenever you first create them. That kind of is how they got led to this point. Like, no one starts out their life from the womb being, hey, I'm a preacher. And just like in D&D, no one starts their life saying, hey, I'm a bard. Hey, I'm a cleric. Hey, I'm a this, I'm a that. What normally happens is their background is what leads into at least their initial class. For example, my favorite class and my favorite character I've ever ran, cleric, Um, My Dwarven Life Cleric. Woo! Um, He was an acolyte, which means he was raised up in a church, abbey, monastery, something along those lines. And because of that, he led directly into being a cleric. His background led him down his path. Like, how I'm doing this podcast right now, the geeky preacher. Growing up, I was a geek. I mean, I still am. Dungeons and Dragons, tabletop gaming, video games, movies, all that. And whenever I'm ministering to those crowds, I can kind of use that as an in. So while I'm called to multiple services within the church, I specialize in geek culture and I'm sure God has a specialty put aside for you as well. And you know, your background doesn't necessarily dictate that you have to do that. I say all that to say this though. Um, if you look at the 12 disciples of Jesus, the 12 that are mentioned in scripture, Matthew was a tax collector. He came from a really rough background. Some would almost argue that it was the criminal background in Dungeons and Dragons because of what the, how the Roman Empire dictated taxes. Then you had Simon the Zealot, who was the polar opposite, and he was essentially a militant that was a rebel against the state. <laughs> um, then you had John and James, two fishermen. They were just day workers. So, I mean, your background doesn't always determine what you turn into, but... When James and John would minister, they could talk about fish. They could get in with those guys and say, hey, let me help you with that net. Oh, by the way, we serve the risen Messiah. And uh, Simon could go back and say, hey, by the way, y'all, I found the Messiah. We don't have to keep searching for him. We don't have to keep fighting. He's, He's not going to take over Rome like we thought. He's coming with a kingdom of love. And. Their background helped them get into these avenues of ministry. So look at where you're at. Look at where God has led you out of. That could be the very people you're called to minister to. I brought that in little part up to say this. One of the best parts of Dungeons and Dragons, in my opinion, is the ability to role-play a character. To get into their mind, to become them for a little while sitting around a table with your friends. And with the different backgrounds and different things that can happen, a lot of times that can lead to inter-party conflict. Like, let's say you have a paladin that is sworn to uphold truth and justice and law, and you have a rogue that, you know, occasionally likes to pick the pockets of a passerby. Obviously the paladin's not going to go for that. And obviously the rogue is going to say the paladin is probably a little stuck up. So, but a good inter-party conflict can sometimes enrich the character story, enrich what's going on within the game but when it goes wrong, it can fracture friendships and ruin stuff. And I don't think anybody understood this as well as Jesus did, because like I mentioned earlier with Simon and Matthew in today's society, they would come from polar opposite sides of the political spectrum. One being, uh, extreme two different sides of the extremist ideal. And whenever they both came to Christ, they were united in that brotherhood and that discipleship. So Keep in mind, whenever you go to a church, you're not going to agree with everybody there. You're going to have conflict. But what you have to remember is that you both serve Jesus. You both are there for him because you love him and are united in that brotherhood, sisterhood, in that family. However you want to say it, we are united. It is that common goal and that common purpose that unites us and that love that you share for him will bring you all into a place of love for each other because he said you will that you will know your the world will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. So just going back into story time with some of my home games that we've had in the past. There was a paladin and a not quite rogue but wizard that we had playing in our party for a while and constantly trying to break the law do little things to get on people's nerves like cause basically a super chaotic player. We had a lot of fun with it because the inter-party conflict between the two could get very heated sometimes, but outside of the game, they were really close. And eventually their characters became close too because of their common goal that they were trying to save the world. And really that's how it should be in the church as well. Yeah, we have different ideas. We're not always going to agree on even theological matters, but it is that love that we have for each other and our love for God that unites us. We have to keep that unity no matter what. We have to keep that goal no matter what because if the party starts to fight each other eventually the enemy comes in and wins and that's what we got to prevent so uh, with the inter party conflict coming up the big question is how do we as a group achieve our goal heck what is our goal i think christ defined that in the great commission when he said go out into all the world and preach the gospel now how does one preach the gospel a one delivers the good news of Jesus Christ to the lost, the sick and the hurting, but we it's also our responsibility to take care of those that are in need, um, help the poor, the widows, the orphans, as it says in scripture, take care of those that cannot help themselves. I think that is an important part of our mission here on earth is to be, and to be Christ's representatives on the earth. Look at the example he left. He was constantly helping those in need. He was healing the sick, talking to the marginalized, loving on them taking the message to the streets rather than to the synagogue. A good friend of mine is really famous for saying, Jesus only performed two miracles in the church. Everything else he did was in the streets. And I believe that is why we're here. Ministry does not just happen in a church. Ministry happens in other places as well. That is part of our goal as a party. <laughs> if you want to compare the church to a Dungeons and Dragons party, part of our goal is to bring that gospel and show them Christ Christ outside of the four walls of the church. Yes. Being in the church is amazing. And it is part, you have to be part of the body mm-hmm. that will help strengthen your faith that will help you move forward. But I really feel that as a Dungeons and Dragons adventuring party, our biggest goal was outreach and to share that gospel outside of the four walls of the church. An idea that's been bounced around with us prior, for example, um, is forming an adventuring party in your church to go out to the streets to share the gospel. Um, and I don't necessarily mean running up to random people saying you're going to hell. If you don't know Jesus, that's not a good way to evangelize or to share his love with the world. What you do. If you see someone in need, meet the need. If you need, see someone hungry, feed them. If you see someone cold, give them a blanket or a jacket or something, meet their needs. Because that's what Christ did whenever he traveled. He met their needs both physically and spiritually. And I'm telling you, people will be more willing to listen and look up to someone that's that's helping with their physical needs as well as their spiritual and emotional needs. So keep that in mind whenever you're sharing the gospel. Remember, these are hurting people. And it's up to you, brave hero, brave adventurer, to meet that need. To help them through what they're going through. And it would actually be a really good idea, I believe, to take multiple people with different backgrounds and different callings within the church with you on this adventuring party. For example, it would be great to take an evangelist, but also be great to take a ministry of helps because they're going to know how to get resources that these people could use outside of the four walls of the church. That's what I mean when I say, gather your adventuring party because that diversity that you carry outside of the four walls as a group in coherent movement and planning and adventuring forth, that is going to make all the difference in the world. Now, could y'all please sit tight for 30 seconds for a word from our sponsors. And we're back. I wanted to thank you guys for tuning in to today's podcast. If you picked nothing else up, I hope you picked up that it is important, it is vital for you to hook up with an adventuring party in your local church and to bring in your unique calling and gift and background as a way to help them and help help them help you reach the world for the kingdom of God, and to bring light into this darkness that is out there. Now, if there's anything you want heard on the show, if you've liked today's podcast, um, please comment, like, subscribe, and let me know what you guys would like to hear on here. I'm speaking blessings over you today in the name of Jesus. Love you guys. Looking forward to hearing from you.